0: So who are you? If you were with us last week, that's exactly the first line of last week's sermon. And no, I just didn't get lazy this week and, and going to replay it uh, for you. Uh, but we asked that question as a nice way to, uh, to study God's Word, especially when you get to the, the narrative sections of God's Word, the stories. And, and, and so last week we looked at a story that Jesus talked about called the Good Samaritan. And by putting ourselves into the shoes of six characters there, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, opened our eyes to new truths as we looked at the, that story from a different angle each time. Uh, today we're going to ask that same thing, but this time we're not looking at a story that Jesus told, uh, we are looking at a story that Jesus lived, a real life account of his. Uh, last week we were at Luke 10 verses 25 to 37. Uh, the, today we're going to be looking at Luke 10 verses 38 to 42. So just going at the next five verses. And there are, there are you have options. You have, you have 15 different people that you could be in this story. Uh, 12 cameo appearances and three main characters. Uh, the 12 cameos are the 12 disciples. They barely show up. And then the three main characters are Jesus, and two sisters by the name of Mary and Martha. And so as we go through here, I'm going to ask you to think about, okay, looking from the story from those various angles, who are you? In fact, I'm going to make it easier for you. You can't be the disciples, okay? You can't be the cameo, the cameo uh, person in the story. So now you're down to three. And I'm also going to tell you, you aren't Jesus, okay? Uh, you are, well, uh, you aren't Jesus in this story, Uh, You could say, well, you know what? Jesus lived a perfect life in my place, and he wraps me up with garment of righteousness. So yes, it is true. When our Heavenly Father puts on his glasses, his Jesus glasses, he looks at us, and he sees a bunch of little Jesuses. But not today in this story, all right? So you're down to two. Who are you, Mary or Martha? And so these words uh, from Luke uh, chapter 10, where it says, as Jesus and his disciples Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So who are you? Mary or Martha? I think we all want to be Mary. (laughs) And but I also think we at least most of the time identify better with Martha, don't we? And yet that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I, I, I will admit I think Martha gets too bad of a rap uh sometimes as we as we look through this story I, if if we would just stop at verse 38 uh, we would we would herald her as this awesome awesome uh follower of Jesus and she is she is an awesome follower of Jesus but you look at 38 there that Martha opened up her home to him that was not a small thing to see this hospitality on display to see this generosity on display I mean, very likely unannounced but here comes jesus not just jesus but his 12 disciples 13 people show up in your doorstep do you just open up your home to him i mean I, I i think you and i maybe you know that common table prayer where where we say come lord jesus be our guest i have never said come lord jesus and bring your 12 buddies with you and be our guest right and yet she does This is not a, hey, just set an extra plate at the table kind of an invitation. This is a, hey, get three more tables and kill an extra lamb in the backyard kind of an invitation. The the generosity. She doesn't count the cost. She's not bothered by the inconvenience of 13 people showing up on her doorstep, perhaps unannounced. But she just invites them in. She opened up her home to them. What a beautiful picture. And besides just not counting the cost, not being bothered by the inconvenience, one other thing maybe to think about the context of this situation, this is in the third year of Jesus' public ministry. And that third year is sometimes nicknamed the year of opposition. In other words, people aren't you-rah-rah Jesus anymore. All of a sudden, he's got a target on him. He's not so popular, and people are gunning for him. And so now if he has a target on him, And if Martha opens up her home to him, in some ways it puts her at risk, right? Not that people would necessarily be looking to kill her, but if you're an accomplice to someone that people don't like, there's risk involved here. And yet she doesn't. Doesn't count the cost. She's very generous. Doesn't worry about the inconvenience. She's very hospitable. And she doesn't worry about the risk. What she does here is very admirable. And yet, what starts off being very admirable quickly turns to being something admonishable. As you hear it in Jesus' voice, Martha, Martha. I wish I could hear the tone of Jesus speaking there. Martha, Martha. Martha. What is it? What caused her very admirable actions to all of a sudden being something admonishable? Well, you see how Scripture puts it here. Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. That all of a sudden, her focus... Instead of being on the one whom she was serving, became on the one who was doing the serving. And can't that happen to us so easily? Even what we're doing here today, sometimes we call this little gathering thing that we do on Sunday mornings, we call it a worship service, right? Actually, that hurts my ears because worship means service, so I think it's really redundant to call it a worship service. It's like saying it's a service service. But it is. We call this day a service. And we come here with our eyes focused on on the one we're supposed to be serving. And yet, what do we often do? Instead of having our eyes focused on the one we're serving, it so quickly can become on the one who is doing the serving. That we say, well, you know what, I really didn't like that song that, that Emily just sang. Or I really didn't like uh, the temperature in here. It's too cold today. Um, or it's too warm on another day. Or I, I really don't like the way that the seats are arranged. Or I really don't like the people uh, that I'm with today. Or I really don't like the pastor. Or I really don't like... Or maybe it's the opposite. I really like that song that Emily just sang. Or I really like the way the seats are arranged. I really like uh, that it's 71 degrees in here today. Or I really like, you know, the people I'm with. Or I really like the pastor. I really like, and, and you see the fo- where the focus goes? It's, it's a me. Not that we shouldn't have opinions. Uh, that shows that you're invested. Not that we shouldn't have input. We should. Uh, that's exactly, you know, one of the reasons for having a family forum <clears throat> every other month or so, but but if it's all about me and my preferences, that's where I get distracted, and it's not just at church. I mean, it's not just worship, right? It can be any type of service, service at church, service at work, service at home, I, uh, it's so easy to put the focus right here. I, you know, maybe you've heard of the 80-20 rule. I know some of you have because I've heard you talk about it. The 80-20 rule is that 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. And most of the time when I hear people quoting the 80-20 rule, they identify with the 20%, <laughs> right? And why do they bring it up? Why do they want the other 80% to chip in? Because they just think, oh, man, imagine how much more we could accomplish. Or is it, oh, I just wish I had a little less off of my plate. I mean, even think of in the home, right? So if you have a family of five and you're the one, you're the 20% who only cleans the kitchen, why do you want the other four who are sitting in the living room watching a movie to come and help you? Because, oh man, just imagine how well we could clean this kitchen. We could get all the cupboards wiped down, and we could get all the expired cans out of the pantry and throw them away and, and all these things. No, you just, it's not fair, right? It's, I want something off of my plate. That's, that's what's going on in Martha's life. She's not thinking, oh man, just imagine Imagine how we could be so hospitable to to Jesus and the disciples. Imagine the spread that we could put out before them. If only Mary would help me, this would be the best, best way to show our love for Jesus. Look at what she says. She says, Lord, don't you care? Can you imagine saying that to Jesus? Being so self-focused that you say to Jesus, Lord, don't you care? But don't you care about what? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. When our eyes go here, that's when we get in trouble. When we lose sight of what is even more important. When we lose, when our eyes go here, we lose out on some wonderful blessings out there. And when our eyes go here, we, we maybe even miss something in our ears. I I remember learning this story as a kid, and one of my teachers said, "Okay, put your fingers here, right at your ear level, as if as this is Jesus talking to you, all right? And now look at your look at your belly button," is what she said. Look at your navel. When your eyes go here, what happens? You miss this. It no longer goes in your ear. And that's what happened to Martha. Because her eyes went here, she missed something in her ears. But not Mary. Mary, look what it says here. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. And Jesus goes on to say, what Mary chose, that was better. And, and, and when it says better, you know, the Mary has chosen what is better. I, I think that's an important point. Jesus is not saying that what Martha did or was doing was necessarily wrong. She was, in fact, the, elsewhere in Scripture talks about hospitality and generosity being gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit. And, and, and I can imagine Jesus just really thinking, wow, this is awesome. Uh, you know, he's traveling. Who wouldn't want a nice home cooked meal? You can only have so many fast food falafels, right? And if you don't know what a falafel is, it's a Mediterranean meal, you know? But, but you know, the, even a home cooked falafel would have been nice for Jesus. But, falafels aren't forever, falafels can't do. What Scripture could do, and that's that's what Jesus is pointing out here. That that there there's only so much that the things of these this world can do for us, but they can't sustain us. And so he's really encouraging us to yes, put his word front and center. I, even our little tagline for our church is is really meant to to drive that point home. Uh, so we say light of the valleys, and, and you know it says there, see clearly and live brightly. God wants us to live brightly. God wants us to live our faith, to be generous, to be hospitable, but in the right order. First of all, to see clearly. God wants us to be Martha's, but first be Mary. And that's hard to do easy to say hard to do because just like Martha you and I have our own set of distractions right we maybe won't have 13 unannounced guests on our doorstep looking for lunch today but we have our jobs we have our vacations we have our kids and their activities we've got We've got our crafts, and we've got our car shows, and we've got our sports, and we've got our sleep. All of which can be wonderful blessings. But none of them can sustain us. None of them can, can assure us of our status as a child of God. None of them can, can offer to us that peace of forgiveness that you and I have none of them can can point us so clearly to the comfort and care of our Lord that he gives to us in the chaos of this life. And so we pray. Yeah, Lord, help us to see clearly. Help us to love your word, to be focused on your word. Because it is your word that is essential. And it's also his word that is eternal. I mean, you look at how this story ends when it talks about Mary. It says, you know, Mary has chosen what is better. And then it says, and it will not be taken away from her. What a tremendous blessing. What a tremendous promise that God gives to us here. That his word is not taken away from us. These ancient words that we just sang about are preserved. For you and for me, and when you think, especially about how many things in life are just fleeting, you know how how jobs change, or we, we lose a job, health is fleeting, looks are fleeting if we ever had them, right? Or or you you you, you, you kids grow up, and, and move out of the house. Neighbors move, pastors move. That's not a an denouncement, but it happens, right? Uh, Pets die. Spouses die. But the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord never dies. What a tremendous promise that God gives to us today. That this essential word is eternal. No matter your situation. So, who are you? Are you Mary or are you Martha? Answer probably a little bit of both. But thankfully, there's only one Jesus. And he gives us that one thing needful right now. Amen.